You're listening to The Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. I'm your host and business mindset coach, Anna Dunleavy, and we'll explore topics on self-doubt, following your intuition, and why self-limiting beliefs might be holding you back. Hello and welcome back. This week's guest is Laura, also known as the Pocket VA, and I chatted to Laura about her journey to starting a business, pivoting and knowing when it's time to niche, as well as Laura's thoughts on the Instagram algorithm and why selling on Instagram does actually work. Here's Laura. Hi Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Hi Anna, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, So I'm Laura, I'm the founder of The Pocket VA and I am a Instagram strategist, Instagram, I manage people's Instagram. So yeah, I'm all about um, Instagram and specializing in helping women who have a small business um, just market their business on Instagram and just help them out with yeah their online presence. So yeah, that's, um, that's The Pocket VA. Excellent. And so how did you get into specializing in Instagram? And what is it about Instagram that I guess, you know, drew you to to working in that? um, Yeah, on the platform. So yeah, so it wasn't a smooth, um, straightforward journey, as I think most businesses um, aren't. So when I first started, I was very much just virtual assistant with, with an angle on social media. So I, I knew that that's where I preferred to help businesses, but it just, it just happened that actually virtual assistants wasn't that big when I first started out. And there were a lot of small businesses who needed help with the more traditional PA stuff. So email management, admin um an element of bookkeeping and invoicing and so i mean like when you start out with any business you end you just you say yes to lots of things i mean i think Mm. it's just what you do when when you need work and when you're just starting out i mean anything that comes through the door is always relatively positive when you need money so i sort of got went down that route and then quite quickly i realized that it really wasn't what i wanted to do and then started to just just say no to any work that came um, that wasn't focused on social media. But in terms of Instagram, I suppose I started out focusing mainly on LinkedIn and Instagram and a little bit on Facebook. But I personally really, really enjoyed marketing on Instagram. And that's the only that's the only way I got work when I started. So I didn't all of my work virtual assistants came through Instagram. And so I got fully booked just from marketing on Instagram. And it was from that, obviously, clearly virtual assistance was in demand and so that helped, but there was clearly something about what I was doing on Instagram that um, was working and was helping me get clients. And I really enjoyed doing it. I just, re- I just found it such a fun platform and just something that you can actually just show your business in a, just a really fun and unique and creative way. And, um, and I just love the whole personal element of it as well and the uh, community focus. So, so I then narrowed down a lot of my services and I focused mainly on Instagram and Dubsado. And I, I had those kind of going together for about a year. 
and then very recently I got rid of offering Dubsado and now I just do Instagram so yeah it's one of those things I think whenever you start a business that it's you're continually evolving and niching um until you kind of find out what you really want to do um and who you really want to work with as well so yeah and then it ended up that Instagram's definitely the place that I want and where I want to be working so that's my my journey <laughs> I like the fact that you actually kind of talk about you know changing and evolving over time and I yeah. feel like you know and 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 the fact that you know you took on various roles at the or yeah. jobs at the beginning because I think that is a bit of a rite of passage yeah yeah, don't yeah. always when we come to working for ourselves we don't always have a very clear idea of what it is that we want to do and actually it's through working in doing various jobs working for various different clients it's it's in doing that and actually doing the work that actually you're able to then distill and actually kind of think well these are the people that I'm really excited to work with these guys not so much maybe or like in your um case obviously the platforms yeah actually deciding that Instagram was actually your you know your kind of you describe it as that fun and unique place that actually you can have that personal connection with people as well yeah and and yeah a massive part is finding out who you really want to work with and and actually I think another reason why I kind of lent more towards Instagram is there's definitely more people on Instagram or maybe just perhaps who I'm engaging with and interacting with who I really resonate with that possibly it wasn't the same on other platforms and so that as well was a reason why I was way more inclined towards Instagram but yeah I mean I mean you're very lucky if you start your business and you know exactly Mm. who you want to work with and I mean I think there are some people who know a bit more about exactly what they're doing so obviously if you're a graphic designer if you're a photographer um, but even that evolves and I especially over the last five or six months I mean I think it's I think there's been a lot of change in, in all businesses so so yeah you're evolving even when you don't necessarily plan to evolve so yeah, yeah. well again I like the fact that you've pointed that out because actually the last few months I feel like it's allowed maybe not everyone but a lot of people have been able to really get intentional about what it is that kind of lights them up what is the work that they actually really enjoy and actually kind of being a lot more clear about how they want to move forward because I think it's given us that time to reassess in a way whether you were you know swept off to your feet because you were more busy than usual whether you had that pause Um, and perhaps things were a little bit slower I feel like whatever was happening I still think there was like this underlying kind of current of just reassessing yeah I mean I because because also a big part of what of my business is the ability to travel so before lockdown I was well me and my partner were traveling around Europe and that's a, a huge part of how I want my business to work is the ability yeah, to move around. And actually, like you say, it wasn't until I was sat down stuck in one place that I could actually take a proper look and be like, okay, not too happy or like not too keen on doing this. I don't like that I was doing that before. I need to change this. Once 
I'm able to travel again. What do I actually want to take with me and what do I want to be doing and what can I stop doing and leave behind? And over the last, yeah, these months have just like made huge changes for like my purpose and um, yeah, like what I really want to be doing. So I think there's a lot of businesses who've actually learned a lot, not necessarily like it's um, an incredibly hard time, but I think there's a lot of learning that's happened that I, yeah, that I just think actually we're quite, I don't want to say the word lucky because that's not the right word, but um, just kind of forced, yeah, forced mm. to actually take a minute to, to actually, yeah, assess what we're doing and whether we are happy with what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly given me the time to kind of reassess and, I think when it comes down to things like, you know, what are your values as a person, but also in your business, especially if you're a small business, you're, it's a personal brand yeah. that's going to really translate into your business. And actually, yeah, what are those priorities for you? It's, you know, it might be being able to travel. For yeah. me, it's, it's being flexible in my schedule and being around you know, maybe during the half term or the summer holidays, because my, I know my son will be off from school. And yeah. so it's really getting really, yeah, just kind of a lot clearer about, and I guess it's just highlights, perhaps all the things that we already may, might have known <laughs> yeah. In the past yeah. as well. Um, it's just kind of reaffirms what, you know, what are the key things here that I really need to, you know, yeah. make a priority. And it's that, for a lot of people it is that extra time to be able to work out what you don't want to do because I think like you say I'm sure we're all aware of probably things that we don't need to be doing and don't need to prioritize and actually could let go of but when you're so busy it's just not something that you prioritize actually sorting out um and yeah I think that's something that we've had as a uh, as opposed to the busy life that lots of lots of us lead yeah yeah I've definitely yeah I had to reassess how again yeah it just comes down to you know how do you want to be living your life I mean I know it's such a kind of technically a big question yeah but actually it, it doesn't have to be over complicated you know it, it yeah. can just be as simple as how much time do you want to be spending on work each week and I know that it's you know not everyone is in a position to kind of make changes quickly but it's not yeah. necessarily even about that. It's just about being aware, well, what am I working towards? How am I, you know, adapting and changing so that it does at some point really work for me? Yeah. 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 And so in yeah. terms of starting your business, when was that? And I guess what was your journey from, you know, perhaps school or whatever you did and to, yeah, starting a business? And, and did you have yeah. a, you know, a job prior to that? So I started it nearly two years ago. Um, and before that, <laughs> I was a sustainability consultant, which seems like I can't, I actually can't like even picture that now. It seems so far. And it, it's like a totally different world. I can't, I can't like, when I think back, like I was so unaware of this world of Instagram and this, this community of people and this community of women business owners when I was in the job when I was employed like just so unaware of it and then when you kind of when I was like starting to market on Instagram and 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 yeah get uh, get clients and I just 
it, yeah, it was amazing. Like it's such an inspiring and it's such a different place. Um, but yeah, so, so before the pocket VA, I was a sustainability consultant and actually I've always wanted to have my own business. So I knew that that was always going to be a goal. I didn't know when I didn't really know when I wanted it to be sooner rather than later, but I had no kind of times. And, um, and actually what led me to kind of marketing was when I was a sustainability consultant, as I think a lot of small businesses, because it was a small business I worked for, a lot of small businesses um, sometimes get their employees to kind of do a bit of the social media side because they don't want to hire somebody yeah. full time to do it. And so that's kind of what led me into it. I was doing a bit of their LinkedIn, a bit of their Facebook. And then I, so it didn't, wasn't even really Instagram. And then I started checking out Instagram and I was listening to loads of podcasts and reading books and, um, and I was like, okay, maybe I could help other small businesses with their online presence. And then, yeah, that's how it all sort of developed. And yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's where the story begins again. But, um, the pocket VA, I mean, I think people relate to the pocket VA now because there is an element of VA is that actually fully relevant anymore, but I still think actually, I have a, a kind of thing about you. I help people grow their business from in their pocket in the sense that like Instagram's an app on your phone. It's in your pocket. Um, and I am virtually, you know, I virtually assist small businesses with their kind of Instagram. So yeah, um, it all feels a little bit more kind of coming together. Like you say, it's all a journey. And um, one thing that actually comes up all the time is like, everyone's so scared to niche, like really scared to niche. And, um, and actually I've never felt so in tune and so comfortable with my business. And like, this is the most in tune I've ever felt wow. since I've properly niched. And I think it's because when you're so focused and so in line with one thing, you, you just have so much more confidence and you know that that you're the, you're the expert in that one thing and that's why people come to you and that's what they know you for. So um, niching is scary, but it's definitely like in terms of clarity in your own kind of business, know like how, how you're known. Um, yeah, I definitely think that. And I don't say like, because some people talk about niching in terms of like having to really, really niched and having to know like people's coffee order. Like it's not about that. It's just kind of, yeah, having one thing that you that you really enjoy, that you're really um, good at, and yeah. that's all that kind of a niche is in my in my opinion. So yeah, no, I I agree in that it is scary to niche actually because yeah, you, you feel like you're cutting yourself off from more of the other people that could potentially no. want to work with you. And like, and this is something that for anybody who is listening, I mean, the second I stopped offering Dubsado. So that was like, it must've been like, yeah, two or three weeks ago. The second I stopped off into that, I had about four inquiries that week. <laughs> and that was scary because that was a lot of income for, for my business. Yeah. That was, and to say no to, to, to knowing that that would be really comfortable and great for, and I think that's the big, that's the struggle with niching. It's not so much, it's the having to then say no to work that you can very well do, but it doesn't align with you and it's like sticking to that alignment I think is where it's hard that um, yeah I can 100% <laughs> relate and I'm sure quite a few people will too because it's it's standing your ground isn't it yeah. that you've obviously only just recently made 
and it's yeah. almost like you know it's it, like yeah they're definitely testing you it's a test exactly <laughs> it's a test exactly that's exactly how I see it because it's kind of like well and again you know things like that happen for me in terms of I so last year when I was booking weddings for this season okay. I August this this month was meant to be my month off obviously you know things yeah. <laughs> changed <laughs> together for this year but and then and of course I would get inquiries and there'd yeah. be amazing venues lovely couples and I'd be like oh maybe <laughs> maybe I should just take this one on but you've got to stick yeah. with it if you know that it, the bigger picture it's going to serve you in, in the long run and it's yeah I think it's but that is absolutely hard and, and it's, <laughs> it's sticking to your decision it's yeah it gets easier over time though I think yeah it does it does and because then people really get to know you for who you are and then you don't get those inquiries anymore but um mm -hmm. yeah it is those it's that initial kind of transition phase <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly so back to Instagram yep let's start with kind of everyone's <laughs> favorite topic which is <laughs> the algorithm okay um, and how much do you think it actually affects who you know is seeing our content and what can we do to make sure we kind of we're getting the maximum engagement and reach you know if yeah if the algorithm is actually messing things up let's say <laughs> so and people really hate to hear this because then it means that it's actually down to them rather than the algorithm yeah. the algorithm doesn't ever do anything to affect your content or your reach or your engagement in the sense that it is down to so the algorithm works and focuses on three factors. It's interest, time, and relationship. So obviously it shows you content that it thinks you're interested in. It obviously shows you accounts that you interact with a lot and it thinks that you've got a relationship with. And it also shows you the most recent and relevant content. So from kind of your closest relationships. So the algorithm isn't ever <laughs> working against you. It, it is trying to help you, but the reason why perhaps you're not getting as much engagement or reach is down to your own content and down to how much you are engaging and interacting with your audience. So basically within the first kind of 10 minutes that you post, depending on the level of engagement you're getting from your audience, if you're getting a good amount, then the algorithm will boost it to more people because obviously it thinks this is a high quality piece of content. So I want to share it with more uh, people because obviously for Instagram it's beneficial if more people are on the app and staying on the app so if they can see content that they think more people will stay on and, and read or consume then they want to show it to more people if though you're not getting a lot of engagement initially then it just won't boost it that's when your engagement possibly is lower so actually unfortunately unfortunately when people blame the algorithm it's actually a case of your own kind of your content that you're putting out and um, how you're actually interacting with your audience and also the element of time. So you know, obviously, you know, if you post at a time when your audience aren't active, mm. then, then it's not going to get as good a reach because there's less people to see it. And because it focuses on recent and relevant content, if you post at a time that they're not on, then the next time they come on, there could be more recent and more relevant content that the algorithm is going to show them. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. And 
it, yeah, it's not working against you, unfortunately. Uh, it is always helping you, but it's just a case that maybe your audience aren't interested in. This is so horrible to say, but it's just a case that, yeah, your, your content isn't something that your audience find particularly interesting. And so Instagram aren't going to share it to more people. <laughs> that's so horrible I, I always feel so bad saying because and I think there is this defense mechanism of saying it's the algorithm it's the algorithm but actually it's it's no you need to sit down and have a look what content has worked and what content hasn't and why hasn't it and yeah it's just a case of reviewing your content and and also just yeah being active on the app because I'm always I always talk about like community focus and connections and um consciously engaging with people and that has a big that does have a big role to play with how well your content is going to be engaged with and how well it is going to be consumed because if you are engaging with people and interacting with their content then obviously they're going to be more inclined to mm-hmm. look at your content and that's so, time consuming right it yeah work. yeah it is yeah and um and but but there is the whole conscious engagement which is what i kind of help my clients with and it's all about you know going on to instagram with a real intention and setting out exactly what you're going to do when you go on what you're going to engage with to stop you doing the mindless scrolling that does suck up your time so it's yeah it's just a case of when you go on instagram you're going on and it is an actual task so it, it you have to think of it like you have to slot it, like actually put it into your diary and say okay i'm going to consciously engage on instagram and connect and connect with potential clients and customers because you know that is how you will make sales and you know how people are going to want to consume more of your content so I think if you view it in that way that it is an actual task for your Mm -hmm. business like admin like email management then there's a kind of different mindset towards it and um, you don't think oh it's really time consuming you think actually this is really important for my business yeah I think you make a really good point because I think you know you described Instagram as a platform that's kind of fun unique and personal space and I think that's kind of where the potential problem is in the sense that we get drawn into just looking (laughs) through exactly yeah all the different things now obviously reels are coming in which perhaps (laughs) we'll get onto in a minute yeah so even more time spent on the app potentially so yeah it's just being again it comes back down to being intentional about how you're choosing to spend your time yeah which is easier said than done a lot of the time especially if you do get kind of sucked in and <laughs> um and and do kind of want to just read various random things as you end up doing don't you yeah 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 scheduling it in like I love the you know that it's very intentional then yeah yeah it is and I and I think that will just help with actually prioritizing it and seeing it as a as a task for your business especially if instagram is a kind of primary marketing platform for you if it is then it definitely needs to be given the time in your diary and it you know and i think people think oh it's just instagram but actually if that's where you want to be getting customers and clients it's not enough to just do a post and hope people engage and you know and hope people like the content it is a it's you have to build that community and and get loyal engaged and get a loyal and engaged audience so and so yes (laughs) talking of engaging with your potential clients and obviously being proactive as opposed to just kind of posting and hoping that they'll appear out thin air what can we actually do to find those potential clients because that's sometimes I think potentially a stumbling block is kind of like well how do I even do that okay so the first one is 
the first one is hashtags. I think hashtags are a really good place for finding your audience. And it's, it's typing in words. So I view hashtags as like SEO for um, Instagram. So they're like keywords that um, your audience are going to be typing in for things that they want to find. So, um, and they'll find that on hashtag pages. So a big thing is to search what your audience is going to search. So not what you sort of hashtag or what you use, because you're coming in from probably more of a experienced position where Mm -hmm. you've got more possibly more strategic hashtags. Just think about what your audience is going to type because they might not know what to search if you have if you're on that page that where they find that they you know they've typed in so I did an example of this if like you're an acupuncturist so I work with quite a lot of acupuncturists that's apparently my niche at the moment (laughs) and somebody has uh, anxiety and they they don't know that possibly acupuncture is a good a way of kind of relieving anxiety and a good kind of um, option to look at they might just type in something like anxiety relief or anxiety symptoms or anxiety tips. And they might not search acupuncture or acupuncturist or, and so you're potentially losing like finding clients or your clients finding you. If you are only you, if you're not kind of using um, words that your audience are going to be searching for on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the main, that's a big one I would say is hashtags. Another one for finding them is to look at others in your industry who are non-competing. So they've got the same ideal client or audience as you. Um, So for example, for me, I would say somebody who's got quite similar, quite similar ideal client would be possibly a graphic designer or a web designer. Obviously I'd have to check their page because they might not be as niched in terms of the and type of person, I think. And so there is an element of you've got to go on and see whether you resonate with their um, content. And if you do, then there's a good chance that your ideal client will as well. So it's just going on and having a look and seeing who's engaging with them and finding the people who are actually commenting and liking and just checking out their pages and seeing whether or not you think that they could be a potential ideal client or or customer. So yeah, they're the main ones I would say is hashtags and um, looking at non-competing, non-competing peers. So peers, not non-competing. Yeah, no, I like that because I think maybe my initial thought would be to potentially look at competitors, but actually I really love the fact that you're saying kind of non-competing businesses who are very likely to have the same audience or kind of you know a a very large element of that might be very similar to yours yeah I think I mean yeah because competitors are like a kind of a common one to go for straight away but yeah I think there's more for you there's more potential for you if you go for non-competing because that that audience have already potentially invested in that person or, or have already you know decided to follow that person so it then it would be a case of actually getting them to engage with you and then actually investing in you over that person that they were originally or who they are already kind of following and engaging with. Whereas if you're going for somebody who's non-competing, then they're not, and then you're not kind of necessarily, you know, taking somebody's possible followers or potential clients. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. It doesn't really feel like a a very, um, I don't even know what that is a nice way to engage because it feels 
slightly like poaching. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I like that approach a lot. So let's talk about selling on Instagram as a whole. You talked about obviously using the platform um, yeah. and actually that was, you know, the major source of your clients for, you know, and yeah. obviously I'm assuming that is still the case. But I, I recently heard someone say, particularly for service-based businesses like, you know, coaches. So, mm-hmm. you know, for someone like me that actually selling on Instagram isn't the best fit. And I really wanted to hear what your thoughts on that were. I have my own kind of, you know, thinking behind (laughs) it, I guess. But yeah, I just wanted to hear what you think of that and whether you agree or not. Fit in what respect? Just didn't think what as opposed to a different platform or I guess I think the word that the angle that this was, you know, presented was that people don't necessarily want to see you saying hey, I'm selling this thing. It's more about that content and relationship building. Yeah. So it's not necessarily more about the hard sale space. So, yeah. So I I never hard sell. I've never, very rarely have I hard sold (laughs) um, ever since being on Instagram. So, and for coaches and service-based, I would say I actually have, I have more of an understanding than product-based possibly because I am Mm service-based. So no, I, I, I personally do disagree with that because it's just a different angle. And I, I mean, there are so many service-based and, you know, coaches specifically who have done incredibly well a marketing on Instagram. And, and I think, yes, if you are just hard selling, I don't think it's going to work particularly well because like you say, that's not what people are expecting to consume on Instagram all the mm-hmm. time. So it's, it's all a combination. Yes, you can hard sell, but you also have to provide value and actually yeah. show show them why they want to, why they'd want to uh, get coaching from you and what the transformation is. Because a massive part of coaching is the transformation. And also a massive thing with service base is you can't see, you can't yes. actually see it. And, and so there is a massive part of you need to show your authority and your expertise. And why would somebody choose you as a, as a coach? And why would somebody want coaching from you over somebody else? And a massive keep saying a massive part, a massive part, but <laughs> a big, another thing is the personality element of coach of, of service. Yeah. So that's what's really going to help you sell is the uniqueness of you as a person. And I think that's why some one person may choose you over somebody else. I mean, it's like, if you look at a product, you know, somebody I like sort of more sustainable and eco-friendly products. And so if there's a, a choice of, oh, let's go really basic a toothbrush and a bamboo toothbrush I'm going to pick the bamboo toothbrush and so if you take that into like a service base if you like somebody who is kind of really structured and planned and um, it's all about strategy and that's how you work then you're going to go for a coach who focus focuses more on strategy but if you're more focused on kind of mindset and obviously I'm totally talking out I don't know what like I'm sure there are two different coaches for these things but if you if you're looking for more of a conversation and friendly and kind of working together and it being a a kind of you know more informal chatty Mm -hmm. um coach relationship 
then you're going to go for that coach. So yeah, I would say a big part of selling is, is the personality element and for coaches, yeah, the transformation and, and showing your expertise and, and showing, you know, and giving tips and providing value. And I, and I think, and this is, there are kind of two struggles with selling on Instagram for two, for both service-based and product-based. So service-based, they struggle with showing what they can actually, how they can help and what they can do for somebody. And products can obviously show that products can show that very clearly, but then the, the struggle for products is they struggle with how do they actually provide value for their audience? Like what, what, where do they actually provide value with their product? And so, yeah, they're definitely kind of two main struggle uh, points for those different types of businesses. But no, my, my view on it's not a good fit is I definitely think it is. It's just a case of mixing up how you are going about selling. Yeah. Yeah. I think it it can't be just about selling or just about talking about your services 24 seven, because that will get repetitive and that will, you know, people will tire of it. And there is no, like you say, value is really the bottom line here. That's got to be the most important yeah you need your... to value yeah. yeah yeah and so how can we do you think sell on instagram without you know worrying about because i think that's a common theme that comes up is worrying about annoying people with you know <laughs> repeating yourself there's different like you can talk about your product but you can talk about it in all sorts of ways and you can slot it in every single day without shoving it in people's faces and saying buy my service so a lot of what I do is I will show behind the scenes of what I'm doing with a client. I'll put it into my to-do list for the day. I'll share sort of messages that I've had with my clients. And none of that is saying, buy my service or yeah. work with me. Yeah. None of them. But, and you don't need to. It's, it's continually reinforcing and reminding your audience of what it is you do without having to say, I, you know, buy from me. Of course, you can do that. As well. I'm not saying you don't do that but you don't need to do that every day for. And actually what happens is because people get so worried that they're annoying people, they don't, they just totally retract and don't do anything. And then that's obviously no, no benefit, no benefit (laughs) at all either. So it's just a case of just, you know, incorporating it in kind of everything you share in your stories mainly. I think stories is definitely a big place where you can really sell on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's what I talk about in this up leveling course that I'm, I've brought out because you just you it's that connection it's that personality and it's it's like I say it's these drip feeding every single day what you do and then maybe once a week you actually can you know properly say I've got a few spaces open for coaching and then you just reinforce it with testimonials with messages from your clients and sort of that's the kind of approach of mixing up how you go about selling yeah that's the thing it's there isn't just that one way of selling and and you know saying hey I've got this thing bye (laughs) um but actually like you say it's it's about a continuous just a you know small reminders that this is the work that you do and I think I think this potentially is a sticky point for some in in terms of working through that barrier of actually even saying this is what I do and this is what I (laughs) sell and I think a lot of people hold back from that because they worry well I don't want to come across as too salesy but actually 
if you're just telling you're just telling people what you do you're not asking for their money and you're not you're just telling yeah how are people going to buy if they don't know what you do I did a IGTV on this the other day I mean it's I I just said when did you actually last sit down and say yeah this is what I do do. yeah Yeah. well (laughs) the thing I think sometimes we forget is the fact that if this is your business account yeah and you have a business and this is you're you're coming you're coming on Instagram because this is part of your marketing strategy. We can't be, we can't be really apologetic about that because at the end of the day, people are following you and they know what you do. Hopefully (laughs) if it's clear in your bio and the rest (laughs) of it, but, but they, they are following you for a reason. So they're not going to suddenly be turned off by you talking about the services that you provide because it's, they, they understand that. I think, you know, yeah. we're all adults. We all understand that, you know, you've got a business to run and, and of course, you, as part of that, you're going to be selling. Yeah. I mean, I would like, I'd love to know your view on the question you asked about selling <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. So I was, I was really interested in that approach because I have used Instagram as a platform to connect, to build my audience, you know, to build that community. And I really love that side of Instagram, but I've also used it to sell and it has worked. And it's, you know, usually a huge part of, or, you know, one of the biggest platforms that brings in those clients. So because I use stories, because, you know, hopefully people connect with me on a more personal level because I'm able to show myself in that way. Yeah. And you, sh- you share the, you share valuable content, and you you know it, and people get to know you through your stories. So yeah. Oh well, I'm glad you're on the similar page. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just wondered because it yeah, it was just um, it kind of took me back a little bit, and I was curious to know what your thoughts on that were. I stand by the fact that no, you don't want to just be selling continuously no. or talking no. about your service. It has to be a story. It's about you and as a person as well. Yeah. Yeah, no one's going to, it is the whole no like trust. It, it all comes yes. back to no like trust. And so if you, if they don't know you very well, then they're not going to necessarily know to like you because they haven't got to know you. And so they're not going to trust you. And so they're not going to buy. So it's just, yeah. um, it's building up that it's not, it, it's not a sprint. And I always say this, you can't expect results overnight with Instagram because it's not that type of platform it's not you have to work to build those relationships and and people feel comfortable investing so yeah but I think the benefit of doing that as well is investing that time and building that community yeah because it's long term exactly yeah. exactly these people are very yeah. likely to then come back to you again yeah. refer you to their friends who they might think are a good fit and it's it's it, like you say it's a long game it's not you know this isn't <laughs> a, a quick fix no. but the, the relationships that you're building are so much richer because of that yeah okay so <laughs> I won't keep you too long now but I just quickly Instagram reels because obviously <laughs> it's a new feature that's just come in what are yeah. your thoughts on it and how can small businesses specifically utilize it because obviously you know it's essentially TikTok let's not be yeah no no, no no it's a 100% <laughs> 100% copy of TikTok like, yeah and and like, so I think for me <laughs> 
my I, I toyed with the idea of TikTok, but then I thought I I just don't know how this yeah. is gonna work for me. Yeah. But I'm curious whether you think actually this could be a really good feature for small businesses. So I also played around with TikTok. I did like one video and actually and now I'm slightly kicking myself for not doing more mm. because I see all these people now who've got their TikToks that they're just adding to reels. I'm like, oh, all that time spent. <laughs> but no, I think I'm, what I'm surprised at so far is that there hasn't been a crazy amount of engagement on Reels. I thought, like with, like with a lot of new features that Instagram brings out, normally your engagement and your reach is so much higher when you have a new, when you start using the newest feature because they want, they want to boost that, yeah. obviously because they want more people to use it. But actually from what I've seen, there hasn't been a, a, massive, a massive difference in reach on people's Reels. So that's something I'm surprised at. I don't know whether that will change. I'm I actually am betting that they're going to increase the 15 seconds. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think that's just something that I think they're going to give the option of possibly mm-hmm. making real slightly longer mm-hmm. 15 seconds. But how you can do it. So it's all about kind of short, snappy, very quick and easy ways um, that you can help your audience and give your audience very quick digestible information. And that is what Reels really is. So for products, you know, it's just fun ways of showing your products, um, just doing fun little videos with them and like maybe just the process of how you make your product. That'll be a really fun little Reel. And for service-based businesses, you've probably seen some already, but it is very much just giving kind of three quick tips on, you know, something in your, you know, an area of your expertise mm-hmm. um and also actually i wonder whether it, it's going to be what some people do so some people who struggle with talking on stories i'd be interested to see if some of them do reels because you don't have to talk necessarily you can just do the whole you point at some words and you point at some words and and i wonder whether those people will start to look at reels as a way to communicate who aren't very comfortable on stories yet because you can just put music over the top at the writing so yeah, I'm interested to see the types of people who use reels. But mm-hmm. no, I think it, I think there's def- there's definitely space for it in terms of it's a, it can create different content to what you're already doing. But you don't have to do it. So I think there is something that needs to be said that like I know that <laughs> there's already a lot on Instagram and I know that people are already quite overwhelmed with how much to do for Instagram. And so if you think that it's something that would work for your business and something that you would enjoy doing, then definitely go for it. But I don't think that you should go with doing reels because you feel like you have to do them. And I think that's just an important thing to kind of say. It is a new feature, as is IGTV, as was IGTV, but not everybody uses IGTV. So I think there's progression. You don't have to necessarily jump on it straight away if you know you don't quite feel comfortable doing it yet or Mm. just don't have the time. But I'm interested. I think I am. I will start because I haven't had the most time this week, but I will start because I, I know that I've got ideas that would work for me because I often share like three simple tips for captions, for example, or your bio or stuff like that. So if you can think of, if you can, if you write a blog, for example, pull out three tips from your blog and just write those into a reel, that would be a good way to start yeah but, yeah because you can you can repurpose content that already exists it doesn't yeah. have to be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah because it's a, just a different way of consuming you know if people don't want to read your caption just pop the tips into a reel and it's much kind of clearer and it's just it's just different if people prefer video and and that sort mm. of content yeah so 
as we are wrapping up, tell us a little bit about the course that you are releasing and what yep. does that entail exactly? Tell us a little bit about it. So I've been building this pocket program um, for the last kind of five months and the pocket program is a full program obviously and it has three courses in it so you've got there's the essentials course the content course and the up leveling course and I've created it so you can buy the whole program or you can just get the individual courses because what I've come across from doing kind of Instagram and helping clients is people are just at totally different stages with Mm -hmm. Instagram and so if I'm you know if I have a full program and people don't need the essentials then it's not very beneficial for them. So yeah, the program's created so you can either get it all, which I, and I do definitely think there's a massive benefit with having it all because there's definitely things in the essentials that I think a lot of people do often overlook. And content obviously is just so important. But, you know, depending on where you are, then they're three separate courses that you can kind of just um, kind of get. But the essentials really focuses on like the foundations. So you look at your bio, market research, your ideal client, uh, competitor analysis, your brand identity. So how your brand is actually going to show up on Instagram content. I mean, it's literally just so much content in the content course. It's um, your content strategy, posts, stories, lives, planning your content, everything. And then the up-leveling is, is what I've brought out this week. So it's the final course part of the program. And it's really focusing on the kind of more nitty-gritty, detailed sort of advanced stuff. So we talk about your engagement, um, how to grow and sell on Instagram, the algorithm, hashtags, and insights. So sort of the stuff that you do need to know, but you have to get your essentials and your content in place mm-hmm. before you look at this stuff. Because I think people often jump the gun and think about engagement and think about hashtags, but actually you really need to have the other two really clear. And then, then you go on to this more advanced kind of um, Instagram marketing. So yeah, very exciting. I'm so, br- I am so glad I've got through it because um, it's like 12 hours of me just talking about Instagram. So um, I don't, I don't even know how I had all those words, but yeah. I'm there it is. It's all done. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. Where can people find you and where can people find the course as well? So I'm at the pocket VA on Instagram and um, yeah, the course is in my bio. So you can just click on it there and it'll take you straight to the course Excellent. or on my website. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been uh, so great to chat to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Anna. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be so, so grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can find this podcast too. 